At any given moment, seven scientists, engineers, and pilots are floating 250 miles above our heads. They are the crew of the International Space Station, and they are orbiting the planet at 17,500 miles per hour. On the ISS, astronauts conduct experiments, maintain the spacecraft. They also build stuff, albeit with a little bit more ingenuity than back at home. In Space Servicing, Assembly, and Manufacturing, or ISAM, is an emerging capability for the in-orbit construction of space vehicles and large satellites. The concept is based around a robotic connector called the Intelligent Space System Interface, or ISSI, a common interface bus that physically attaches modular payloads to a space platform called the Orbital Logistics Vehicle, while also transmitting up to 5 kilowatts of power, 1,000 base-C Ethernet and CAN bus serial signals, and thermal energy between them. The ISSI hardware is being qualified for spaceflight to NASA's Technology Readiness Level 7, which can only be accomplished by testing the equipment in its intended deployment environment, outside the Japanese ISS experiment module Kibo. During the testing, the ISSI team also flight qualified the Microchip Polar Fire SOC FPGA used to control the robotic connector and performed an experiment to characterize the radiation environment the electronics were subjected to. But this wasn't the first time the ISSI technology stack had been put through its paces. That began on Earth with embedded engineers. Hi, my name is Dara McNamara and I'm a software developer. Dara McNamara wears a lot of hats. He's a director, project manager, and firmware developer at Mdalo Technologies, an embedded software development firm based outside of Limerick, Ireland, that specializes in a range of engineering disciplines, including chip bring-up. One of the sort of key jobs in that is, as the chip comes back from manufacture, does it work? Does it do what it's supposed to? Do what they call the boot ROMs, these early pieces of the code in the chip that bring it to life work. And if they don't work, is there anything that you can do to get in there to fix it? When the ISSI project got underway, the Polar Fire SOC FPGA that lead partner Skycorp had selected as one of the system's primary control platforms had only just hit the market. As a Linux-capable processor built around a RISC-V CPU cluster, tens of thousands of FPGA logic elements, and an advanced memory protection scheme, the PolarFire device checked a lot of boxes for the mission. That said, the technology infrastructure around the processors was still maturing. At the time, several of the hardware capabilities of the PolarFire SOC were not exposed through the software development kit. Obviously, for the International Space Station, that's a highly reliable environment. And they needed several custom extensions to improve the reliability of it. But from Skycorp's point of view, the, the rocket was leaving when the rocket was leaving. There was no negotiation on the timeline. So at that point, Skycorp engaged directly with us just to add those custom extensions early for them. Hello, my name is Dennis Wingo, and I am the Chief Technical Officer of Skycorp Incorporated. The ISSI, we call it the USB of space. So that enables us with a modular standardized connector, just like what we've done in the computer industry, to be able to lower the cost and build large structures in space. 
Dennis is a pioneer of in-space servicing, assembly, and manufacturing, and it's his company's orbital logistics vehicle that will use the ISSI as an interconnect for hosting custom payloads. Over some 40 years in the aerospace and electronics industry, he's developed technologies that have flown on all sorts of space systems, from nuclear missiles to the space shuttle to, of course, the International Space Station. So, from a technology adoption standpoint, he has experience with the things that work in aerospace electronics and those that don't. One of the things that have held space systems back a lot is that traditional aerospace methods are such that everything is done from scratch, the development tools suck, the standard processor for most space applications is still a power PC that I first qualified in the early 1990s. They're still using that today with, you know, terrible operating systems and things like that. If I can get something like a RISC-V, especially the microchip Polar Fire, which has a crucial element that none of the other processors have, which is error correction at the register level inside of the ASIC side of the SOC, and also in the FPGA side. To me, that was a major determinant. The biggest problem we had is that at that time when we started this, which was early in 2020, the Polar Fire SOC ecosystem was immature. A lot of the capabilities of the SOC, the drivers, the firmware, the things that make the damn thing work, either were not written or didn't work right. Skycorp needed help, and quickly. We were able to get to senior management at Microchip, and what they did, they put us in touch with Dara. In a past life, Cyril Jean, Associate Director of IP Engineering at Microchip Technology, worked with Dara at a Bluetooth IP company, and now the two are partners in the Microchip My5 ecosystem, where Amdala was heavily involved with the initial bring-up of the Polar Fire SoC helping with the bootloader and original Linux port, and then later during performance optimization of the hardware and software stack. When Skycorp came to Microchip for help, the perfect candidate to fill the void was obvious. As Microchip, we can't do somebody's product. You know, that's not really part of what our role is. But we do have people we work with who uh, can do that. Dara. From the bootloader to uh, getting to a Linux prompt, that's where he was heavily involved on in that initial bring up of the, the system. And then after that, oh, we could improve performance on part of the, the system where he had to really understand both sides of the house, like the, the software and silicon side. Back to Dara. We added Keep Alive messages to the Polar Fire, which enabled Skycorp to detect if there was any problem with any of the subsystems in the experiment and reboot them to restart them if needed. And they needed in-orbit upgrade capability, the ability to upgrade all parts of the design. So the FPGA design underpinning the software, the Linux software that was running on the Polar Fire, and even the boot ROM. So we added all those capabilities to the Polar Fire SOC. In all, the work that Dara and his team completed enabled Skycorp and its ISSI partners to capitalize on an architecture they couldn't have before, the Internet of Space Things. 
the space station. They have what's called the Joint Station LAN, which is an Ethernet-based local area network. And then what they do, they encapsulate IP packets in a NASA protocol, and they ship it up to geosynchronous orbit, back to the ground, through all these VPNs and stuff through NASA. And we were able to just use a standard web browser to connect all the way through the VPNs and everything to the payload, through proxy servers and all that. And we were able to operate the experiment in our office. And we actually had the world's first web server on our payload running Yocto Linux on the Polar Fire. So we were able to use all modern tools to enable us to do this in a very cost-effective manner. The ISSI platform successfully completed flight qualification earlier this year and was returned to Earth in a SpaceX Dragon capsule. It's being sent to a lab for analysis, after which Skycorp and its partners will reveal their findings in IEEE journals, likely by the end of the year. You know, even though we played a very minor role in the life of the International Space Station, for us, it was an incredibly uplifting experience to be involved. We watched the launch of the Northrop Grumman craft that delivered our experiment to the International Space Station. We watched the live feed from NASA of the docking of the shuttle. We watched the astronauts unpack it and repackage it for it to go outside on the Japanese platform. We've monitored its behavior how it's working and it's worked really well all year. We're really looking forward to see how it survived its year in space. But just because the flight qualification portion of the ISSI project is complete, doesn't mean the impact of the work Dara and his team at Amdalo did on the Polar Fire SOC has diminished. In fact, just the opposite. There were some bugs that Dara and their team has helped us work through and then we become part of that larger ecosystem because that gets propagated on GitHub to the next release of Yocto, the common kernel, which is leading to the Polar Fire being part of the Ubuntu ecosystem as well. And so all of these things that we do and that Dara is doing is helping a wider ecosystem, and I think this is an important thing for all embedded engineers, is that we have individual stars. Dara's a star. There's lots of folks like Dara out there. You can have, an individual can have a much, much wider impact, no matter what you're working on, if you're part of a community, you're part of a team, to where you can make this stuff happen. And these types of activities that lower the barriers to entry two people really help us all. Next up for Dara, the team at Amdalo and their partners at Skycorp. Currently, they're working on deploying the world's first data center on the moon.